Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of week part nine. Duh. Can't believe we're week duh. nine already. Let's get right into this uh, intro, and then we'll get started. Let's get it. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. So shout out to our sponsors. We want to thank them before we get into this. Shout out to Red Cup News at Red Cup News on Instagram. Uh, your number one source for everything college. It's getting around that time right now where if you got like a one in sixteen, one in sixteen, you're thinking, hey, uh, it's time to go one in seven, something like that. It's time to maybe think about next year. You want to know who's what college players are going to come out and make a difference. Also. You should be listening to Brodo because if you're one and seven, you still have a chance to win the championship. If you listen to us, how at your boy? Um, you guys peep Oklahoma got scraped by Kansas State. What? Weird. I did not. That is weird. Yeah, yeah dude. Th- that commercial behind you, Jason, is the worst commercial ever. Oh, that's not good for uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but also shout out to Thrive Fantasy. Don't forget, at the end of this episode, we have the Thrive Five. Uh, the Thrive Five is the our five favorite prop plays for the week. Now. Why are we giving you prop plays? The Thrive Fantasy app or ThriveFantasy.com is a daily fantasy site that has prop bets, and you put together a lineup of 10 prop bets uh, that each have point values, and the people with the most points win money. It's very easy to win money there. Not only is it very easy to win money, you can win your first $10 without even winning a contest. All you have to do is sign up and use the promo code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O, and you get $10 on your first deposit of $10 or more. That's Yancy. right. Ten dollars in your first deposit of ten dollars or more. I'll tell you this: you know, us three all have joined Thrive Fantasy. All of us have won. None of none of us have used the dime of the money that we put in initially. So, uh, not a single dime. Last week when you weren't here, I had to do the uh, the whole spiel, you know, the sponsor spiel, and I completely forgot to even say put in code Brodo to get ten bucks. So oh, I just said to go to Thrive, and I just completely. Free advertising for no reason, for none of our benefit at all. And I was like, we need Tim back. Michael, you know, being a host is a special thing. Um, <laughs> let's go over to the Vikings at the Chiefs. That's our first game. Uh, let's start with these Chiefs, man. Even though Matt Moore was the quarterback last week, the offense moved. And Andy Reid is an offensive genius. And that offense was moving. And one of the big beneficiaries of that offense moving was Tyreek Hill. Um, also, Travis Kelsey had a big game. Sammy Watkins continues to be disappointing. Uh, Nicole Hardman got in the mix. So what do you guys think of that uh, passing attack with the without uh, Patrick Mahomes? Jason just sent me a text. It was very funny. Matt Moore. You know, it's just... Go. Uh, I was going to say, Matt Moore kind of looks like the typical knight slash prince guy from like an old-time knight movie. So I'm just going to call him Lord Matthew Moore for the rest of this episode because... If you go look at a picture of Matthew Moore, he looks like he'd be a Lord Matthew Moore. But look, and his middle name is Erickson. That's an O.D. Knightish name. Lord Matthew Erickson Moore. The the Erickson makes it. (laughs) Lord Matthew Erickson Moore played valiantly last week. He really did, though. And, dude, Andy Reid is either some crazy quarterback whisperer or Matt Moore is actually pretty decent. We've always been a fan of Matt Moore. As a quarterback. Impy. Um, shout out to Impy, former VM, compadre, number one Matt Moore fan of all time. Yeah, every time he was given an opportunity, he at least kept the team in the game and played pretty damn well, too. Last week, 
he played better than anyone could have expected against Green Bay in a bad matchup. Look, if he's playing, I have Patrick Mahomes third right now. It's just I could just take him out if he's not playing. I have uh, Matt Moore at 24. He's more of a QB2 option. Obviously, it helps the pass catchers more if uh, Pat Mahomes plays. But with Matt Moore playing, they're definitely not counted out. I mean, Travis Kelsey scored a touchdown last week finally and had a very decent game um, against Green Bay, 4 for 63 in a touchdown. Sammy Watkins had eight targets, five receptions. Tyreek Hill had a decent game. So these guys are all definitely still playable, uh, even with Matt Moore on their center. Small sample size, but Matt Moore's true throw value is the same as Jacoby Brissett and Lamar Jackson. Right snap dab in the middle at 15, 16, and 17. I'm a little surprised that Brissett and Lamar Jackson are so close. I mean, Lamar Jackson's been pretty bad after the first two weeks, if we're being honest. No, I thought Brissett would be higher. Oh, yeah, that's because he's the most overrated quarterback in the NFL, and apparently I'm the only person that sees that. But, you know. No, we, we've anyway, been on that train. Speaking yeah. of my Travis own. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are in, are in pretty good hands. Uh, the secondary guys are a lot harder to trust. Uh, my Speaking of old VM compatriots, Boss said Jacoby Bursett is the worst player in the league. Not just quarterback, player. Wait, worst who said player that? in the league. Boss. Nick DeVito. When? A couple times. He was a, he's a big he's a big uh, Syracuse fan and he and and Brissett was in the is in the same division as Syracuse so he saw them he saw him over and over again he's like yo this guy sucks, um but anyway, uh let's talk about this backfield because it's a little confusing. Shady McCoy looked like the workhorse all the way until he fumbled. Then Damian Williams came in and became the workhorse. So Michael's on the train. If you listen to the review episode of this is good news for Damian Williams. I'm on the train of this is good news for LaShawn McCoy. Jason, <laughs> split it for us. How was it good news for LaShawn you, McCoy, man? Because he was the guy until he fumbled. Nobody knows. <laughs> okay, great. Jason, you're no help. There once was a man named McCoy. Speaking words. He fumbled and them. sat on the bench. And then Williams came in and there goes the rest. Hey. It has to be good for Damian Williams if we're going to choose who's good for someone, right? I mean, he came in and performed pretty well after McCoy got benched. How could this possibly be good for McCoy? I think it because you saw the plan was to give McCoy all the snaps. And we've seen Andy Reid sit McCoy before and then, like it never happened, play him again the next game. We've already seen that twice. Uh, all right, I guess. I mean... Neither are ideal starts, especially against Minnesota. Yeah. You're better off leaving them on your bench. That's where I'm at. I think they're both uh, flex plays. I prefer McCoy to D-Will this week, but if the flip gets scripted from McCoy to D-Will, uh, D-Will this week, I would not at all be shocked. If it doesn't, I also would not be shocked, so we'll see. You said if the flip gets scripted. If the script gets flipped. Wow, the flip gets hey, you scripted, said scripted. I said? Yeah, if you said if the flip gets scripted. <laughs> I thought you said that on purpose to be funny. I don't know what's going on with me today. <laughs> Let's go. I did, what did I? Something in the first episode I did as well. Something uh, a word blunder. You said Atlanta. I did. I said Atlanta. I'm telling you, my memory's been on point lately. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> let's go over to the to the side of the of the Minnesota Vikings. Yo, Dalvin Cook might be the number one running back this week. I mean, he has a chance he's the number one running back every week. You're but right. if you're starting. I mean, if you have him ranked over Christian McCaffrey, you're an idiot. I'm just throwing that out there. 
Should be McCaffrey and Cook, Universal 1 2. Oh, oh, if you have him up one. Yeah. If you're pu- if you're putting anyone over Christian McCaffrey at this point, you're dumb. Suck it. That's Mike. all I have to say. Yeah, you're <laughs> starting Dalvin Cook, obviously. Um, Adam Thielen does not look like he's going to play, although he did get in a limited practice. If he does not play, then Stefan Diggs is again a hardcore wide receiver one, probably low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two. Jason, what do you think about that? Absolutely. Surprisingly so. It's a little surprising if you ask me. Kirk Cousins always been on a tear, so maybe not as much. Third in true throw value this season. Yahtzee. Uh And we've seen Stefan Diggs come on strong recently. We saw Adam Thielen play well in the beginning of the season. If only one of them is healthy, the other guy is a wide receiver one easily. So what do you think about these other pass catching options? Stefan Diggs, though, real quick. 140 more. 140 or more yards each of the last three weeks. That's not an easy task. No, that's not. <laughs> Definitely not an easy task. Uh, I, <laughs> I just sorry. Something just took my my attention. I'm gonna say because it it's funny. Tom Brady shoulder limited on Tuesday, and then the advice from um, Roto World doesn't matter. That's it. That's the advice. Does it matter? Yeah, he's limited. No, like it doesn't. Day. He's Tom Brady. He's Look, limited on Tuesday. That means he's going to the Chargers next year. What the fuck? That yeah. You're not know. seeing all this stupid-ass coverage about how he's not going to stay a Patriot? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Uh, what about Kirk Cousins? Is he, is he a streaming option this week? Of course. Um, he's of been. Course, of course. He's been great the last few weeks, and Casey is not a bad matchup for quarterbacks. Last week against Washington, 285 yards, no touchdowns, 12 fantasy points. Everyone was like, oh, no, I started Washington. Kirk Cousins, and he did so bad. Look, he went 23 for 26 for 285 yards. Just because he didn't throw touchdowns, like there's a difference between being a bad, having a bad game and having a bad fantasy game. He had a bad fantasy game, yes, but he had an almost perfect actual real life QB game. So his hot streak continued, although it didn't translate to fantasy. And against KC, it's going to be a closer game than it was against Washington. So Kirk Cousins should be a solid QB one option. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about in this game? Oh, Labissi Johnson. Talk about him. It's just a fun name to say. I don't think you could trust him at all. If yeah. you couldn't popular, trust him last week against popular, Washington. Uh, yeah, popular dart throw last week, but that didn't really amount to much, so let's not go down that path again. Irv Smith is interesting, but he his role is still too small to trust right now. If there was no Kyle Rudolph, I would like Irv Smith a lot more. There is. Um, there is. But there is. Let's go to the next game, Tennessee at Carolina. Tennessee, Tennessee. Let's start on the Carolina side against Tennessee. Tennessee's a good defense. Why, why are you saying Christian McCaffrey's for sure number one? Because it's Christian McCaffrey, and you just rank him number one, and then you start your rankings. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Christian McCaffrey, talk about him. Do we have to waste the listener's time? I mean, Tennessee is a good run defense. I don't... I don't. Sure, but so is San Francisco. It doesn't matter. Christian yeah. McCaffrey, you know what? Let me do this. Christian McCaffrey, just receiving-wise, is expected to score as many points. Eh, it's not as impressive as I thought, but as... Oh, there it is, Allen Robinson. So Wowzers. McCaffrey is Allen Robinson plus his rushing stats. Yeah, Shit. and his rushing stats, he has 735 rushing yards. So, hot damn. So let's go to the outside options then against a pretty good Tennessee def- uh, secondary. And Kyle Allen, who looked like he was... A world beater up until last week got his shit demolished. A world beater is a strange term. I mean, he beat the world. He was 5-0. and He never threw a pick. And all of a sudden, three picks. 
I beat the world. With that being said, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel, it does have a little injury concern this week. DJ Moore and Greg Olson, how are we feeling about the pass catchers out in Carolina? I mean, this it's kind of a broken record at this point when we talk about Carolina. This is exactly why we didn't draft a lot of Carolina uh, receivers this year. We, I have zero DJ Moore shares. I have like one Curtis Samuel share, and that was back when he was still a 10th round pick, not a 7th or 8th round pick. It's just they're untrustworthy, and you never know which one's going to have the better game, and the one that does have a better game has a decent game. It's not a blow-up game. So I think DJ Moore this week against Tennessee. Tennessee's been great uh, through the air so far this season. Mike Evans destroyed them last week, but they're no Mike Evans, DJ Moore, and um, and Curtis Samuel. They're not the big uh, go-up-and-get-it type receiver. That's why Mike Evans played so well against them. Adore Jackson should be back this week as well. So I think they're more just low-end wide receiver three, but better flex plays, and even that, I don't I don't see them having a huge ceiling this week. Let but, me ask, where do you guys think they're, those two are rated in true tar, uh, target value? Uh, I'm going to say more. At, top 30? I'm going to say more at 40 and Samuel at 42. Tim? Top 30, both of them? Yeah, it, it's pre- pretty where I'd expect. DJ Moore's 29, Curtis Samuel's 34. Damn. Bam. Basically the definition of Moore and Samuel right there. Right, exactly. That's basically what you expect. On the other side, and though, another uh, another thing, another reason that shows it's stupid that people are ranking Samuel ahead of Moore. On uh, on the other side, though, Derrick Henry, I think this is one of the where he comes back and has a big game again. Um, Carolina allowing the fifth most points to the running back. They're also allowing they've allowed twelve rushing touchdowns this year. 12. Yummy. That is a yummy matchup for a guy who has six touchdowns on the season. Gotta love me some Derrick Henry this week. Yeah. Um, I was all off the Derrick Henry train last week, and I'm back on it this week. Like you said, the touchdowns are what's most important because that is Derrick Henry's bread and butter and how he scores the majority of his points because he does not do any pass-catching work, really. He averages about one reception a game, exactly one reception a game, actually. So, yeah, he's going to need to find the end zone to have a great game. And uh, this week is as good of good as any to score against Carolina. Uh, let's yeah, let's go over to the pass catching options. Corey Davis. Ah, oh, the Chronicles of Corey Davis. Completely dud last week. Complete dud. Less Does he bounce back against Carolina? Who Carolina has been one of the best secondaries all year against, say- against every position. I want to say one of the best. One of the Fantasy best. Fantasy wise, they've been decent. In real life, one of the best secondaries in the league. Well, in fantasy, they they've been okay. They haven't been great. They've been in the middle of the pack against wide receivers. But with that being said, yeah, it's a middle of the pack against wide receivers, and it's like, do you want to trust Corey Davis again? Hmm. I don't know. Should I? That's how I feel. Every single Corey Davis owner feels that exact. Uh, phrase that I just said. The answer is just no, man. That's it. Yeah, you can't trust him. You can't trust him at all. What about A.J. Brown? I mean, A.J. Brown, I, mean, I have Corey Davis at 37, so I don't hate him this week as a flex option. Uh, A.J. Brown, I have lower because he had the touchdown last week, but he went two for 11 around that. So I don't really see why uh, people are like higher on A.J. Brown just because he caught that touchdown last week. He's actually basically right behind Corey Davis in expert consensus rankings, which is a little odd to me. I, I have them separated by about 10 spots. Uh, what about 
uh, I was going to say Irv Smith, Jonu Smith, a guy who showed out last week and ended up being in the tight end one uh, category with, it looks like, Delaney Walker missing another game. Yeah, I mean, Jonu Smith-Schuster is not the worst tight end option. He saw seven targets last week. Ryan Tannehill some, somehow continues to def- defy logic and be a top 10 quarterback in true target value. So those targets are pretty valuable, unless your name is Corey Davis, of course. So uh, Jonu Smith is definitely, he should definitely be in starting lineups this week if Delaney Walker's out because there's not many other options. I concur. Let's move on to our next game, the Indianapolis Colts Colts at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's go over to the Indianapolis Colts side first because they had a really bad game after coming off a big one. Uh, Jacoby Brissett had a bad game, which translated to the wide receivers. Usually T.Y. Hilton's a pretty solid, you can trust this guy, but last week was not good. That last ditch effort by Jacoby Brissett um, to get the ball down to him, with time running down, and he was had a guy down his throat, like a 40-yard catch, kind of saved his day and made him go from complete bust to just, like, bust. And that's just bust. Uh, so what do you, do you expect to uh, bounce back from T.Y. Hilton against a Pittsburgh, this Pittsburgh defense? I sure hope so. Um, I wasn't high on Jacoby Brissett last week um, against, against uh, Denver. But T.Y. Hilton had a bad game going up against Chris Harris. He's 19th in true uh, target value so far this year, so not as high as you'd hope, but right around where you'd expect him to be with Jacoby Brissett at QB and not Andrew Luck. I have met 11 this week against Pittsburgh because I expect him to be targeted early and often. Pittsburgh's secondary, the unit is decent, but they're not. there's no real like standout uh, who's going to be able to keep up with T.Y. Hilton, and he's due for one of those big T.Y. Hilton Steven Nelson's games. been good this year. I mean, he's been solid, but... He's not on T.Y. Hilton's level. No. That's not and he hasn't had that breakout T.Y. Hilton game really since week one. So I think that could be coming this week. Their safeties really can't cover on that side either. Like uh, Terrell Edmonds and, and Mark Barron, they they can't cover. Um, well, Mark Barron went from safety to linebacker to just – remember he was drafted like eighth overall and he doesn't even yeah. have – he's like a tweener. Um, let's go to the other pass-catching options. Carlos nope. Rogers, Zach Pascal. Yeah, I don't want any of that. So Look, I, the tight wait. ends. They need a. T- they you need say a Carlos Rogers. Sorry, Chester Rogers. You're messing up the names. Today. Look, Zach Carlos Tra- Rogers, former 49er wide receiver. Remember him? Oh yeah, that's that's why. That is why. <clears throat> you guys done? Yes. You know, let me speak about Zach Pascal now. Obviously, very underwhelming game from <laughs> Zach Pascal, but he played 92 percent of the snaps. Guys. That's that's. He was an every yeah. down player. For the first time ever. Prior to that, uh, he didn't play more than... Well, one game he played 68% of the snaps. That was without T.Y. Hilton. In the games with T.Y. Hilton in, he he only had one game over 50% of the snaps. Played 92% of the snaps last week in an every week role. It was just an all-around bad game for Denver. But if this holds up, Zach Pascal can work his way into interesting weekly flex territory. So I'm very excited for Zach Pascal to see if he uh, can play... Um, as an every-down guy again this week for Indy. So far, there has been three matchups that the Colts have had against top third of the league run defenses. In those matchups, Marlon Mack has 7.3, 3.9, and 7.1 points. Wait, are, the you, are you trying to... 
Are you trying to say that Marlon Mack isn't good? I'm trying to say I'm trying to say that Marlon Mack is a matchup play. He's definitely not an every week play. And this week he plays a Pittsburgh defense that has given up the seventh least points to fantasy players. Look, Tim, that's very cute and all fantasy what you're saying. But the more scientific approach that Jason realized last week was that Marlon Marlon Mack is a weekly on and off player. The more scientific, trustworthy approach. So he's gonna have a bad week because of that, not because of matchup. And what I mean is he's gone 25-7-16-4-16-7-16. But those alternating... Obviously, I'm joking. I mean, those alternating weeks have with bad run defense, good run true. defense. Bad run defense, good run defense. Bad run defense, yeah, good run absolutely. defense. Absolutely. And this is the exact reason why we thought Marlon Mack was a funny pick in the third round, especially over guys like Aaron Jones. Because you knew this type of inconsistency was going to happen, especially because he's not involved in the passing game. Fuck funny. I thought it was a bad pick. I still think it was. I don't know. I, funny was disrespectful. Michael Sogan called it funny. That's a disrespectful. That's I mean, disrespectful. we never even considered Marlon Mack in the third round. Come on. Let's talk about the the Pittsburgh side then. You mentioned Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. Both of them had good games last week. And Mason Rudolph has been efficient in terms of fantasy-wise. Juju Smith-Schuster put up. Some catch on the head of whatever DB he caught it on. Yeah, that um, was glorious. What do you think about these two guys, Smith Schuster and Deontay Johnson? Are they becoming the, to the, the type that can get played every week? Yo, I'm tired of the juju slander, man. I'm tired of it. This guy just passed Randy Moss for the most touchdowns by any receiver at the age of 22. He's 22. He has the most touchdowns ever of any receiver, and he's coming off a season where... He put up 1,400 yards. That's all fine and dandy. But it's just he's got a low floor. Yes, against the Chargers, Devlin Hodges, he went one for seven. We cannot count that game. Okay. Devlin Hodges. All right. One game with Mason Rudolph, he went three for 15. Cincinnati. Against Cincinnati. Obviously bad. Like, you can't say say anything else. It was bad. An in-division matchup, so. In eh. every other game. He has at least 75 yards. I think the problem is that he was a number one pick and people are expecting a number one pick out of him. And Yeah, well, that's you know, not happening yeah, anymore without Big Ben. Adjust your expectations. Yeah. With that being said... Where do you, go for where do you guys think Juju is in true target value? I'd say probably around 25th because of Mason Rudolph. No, I think he's a little high because he's been, he's been putting good outputs for the amount of targets he had. I'm going to say uh, 19th. Deontay Johnson, 44. Juju, 27. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And Juju is someone who can perform better than the true target value because he could, uh, he's good enough to outmatch what he's expected to uh, provide. So I have him this week at wide receiver 16 against Indy. Promising game last week. And it was pretty damn awesome to see. I know it was against Miami, but Mason Rudolph started the game with a disgusting interception. And it was pretty awesome to see that they were still throwing it downfield. Like, this was the first time the the uh, Steelers looked like they were actually doing using a Steelers offense, where they were running the ball and they were throwing downfield. Uh, let's go over to the running back situation. James Conner, if he plays, is a must-start every week. Um, Little-known fact, James Conner is one of the most efficient pass catchers in the league. What's his true true target value? Tenth. Yeah, so be, it's completely slept on as a receiver. He has been absolutely on fire the last few games. 
Uh, 22.5, 11.5, 27.4, and 22.5 in his last four games after a slow start to the season. But he is hurt. He has a shoulder injury. Did not practice today. But we're going to have to see if he... You're going to have to monitor him. If he plays on Friday, if he practices on Friday, he'll probably play in the game. With that being said, if you're a James Conner owner, you should have Jalen Samuels. You should have went out and got him. If you listened to our waiver wire episode, you would have. Either one of these guys, whoever starts, is a good start. Basically, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, don't Benny Snell looks like he's not going to play, so it's basically Connor or Samuel. Samuels was taken off the injury report. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tomlin said Connor doesn't need to practice to play, so it looks like it's going to be a full-on game-time decision, so you're definitely going to have to monitor it. I just want to throw it out there that I am skeptical. Uh, For Jalen Samuels... I was going to say I'm yes. a little skeptical. If James well. Conner is out and Jalen Samuels has the whole backfield to himself, volume-based RB2, but I'm skeptical that he could actually perform the way that Conner has. Conner's looked great He has looked really uh, good. in that backfield. Samuels isn't a pure runner like Conner, so I wouldn't expect much upside. Indy has I, also he, been solid against the run. They have, but he played well in Conner's stead last year. He did. Our new favorite word, Steve. <laughs> um my trusty steed. What about Vance McDonald? Donkey. Vance Refrigeration. You can't trust Vance McDonald anymore. The Vance McDonald dreams went down the drain with the Big Ben injury, man. Simple as that. I mean, there was nope. there is one thing to say about Indian, Indianapolis giving up the seventh most points to tight ends this year. There is something to be said about that. I mean, but Vance McDonald has three games of 34 to 40 yards and then three games of 19 yards or under. Yeah, he's going to hit you with that crazy low floor. One game, two touchdowns, no touchdowns in any other game. It's just it's not it has not been good. All right, let's go Especially to Especially with Nick Vanette now getting like half the tight end snaps. The Bucks at the Seahawks is our next game in front of the 20 uh, I mean, sorry, the 12th man, the 20th man. It's in front of the 20th man. Jason Pierre-Paul came back last week. Good to see him on the field. But with that being said, let's start on the Seattle side, the home team. Russell Wilson has been an, an absolute animal so far this year. Um, DK Metcalf looks like his new favorite target in the end zone. Jason, how do you feel about DK Metcalf in this game? Uh, I, I always like him so Metcalf, man. I said in the beginning of the season that I thought it was David Moore before he got hurt, but that second guy for... Russell Wilson, even if he's not seeing that many targets, is a wide receiver three. And if you look at true target value, DK Metcalf right there, 30 seconds, wide receiver three, right in front of the perennial wide receiver three, Alshon Jeffrey. So Metcalf, I think, has entrenched himself into the wide receiver three field. One of the reasons that we were saying avoid Russell Wilson early in the season is because he has the ability to put up 41 points like he did against New Orleans, but he also has the ability to put up 14 points. And so far this year... He's been 24 points or greater three times, but he's been f- 16 points or lower four times. So you don't really know what you're getting out of him in, term of, in terms of fantasy value. How do you feel about him against a Tampa Bay secondary who's definitely had his, had its problems? Look, what we expected from Atlanta last week, unfortunately, did happen. Like, we were super high on Russell Wilson, but we were like, if they get a lead early, especially if Matt Schaub plays, it could be an ugly fantasy performance. And wouldn't you know, 182 passing yards, only four rushes for four rushing yards. Thankfully, he did have the two passing touchdowns, but 16 fantasy points is not what you wanted against Atlanta. The difference this week and why I have him as my number one overall quarterback against Tampa Bay is that Tampa Bay is the most stout run defense in the league. 
So even if they get a league, excuse me, a lead, they might not be able to just cram it down their throats with Chris Carson. They might need to pass anyways to Russell Wilson. And just as bad as they are against, just as good as they are against the run, that's how bad they are against the pass. So I'm absolutely ready for a Russell Wilson blow up week. I think him and Tyler Lockett are absolute studs this week that need to be started everywhere. So Jason, what do you think about Tyler Lockett this week? If Wilson's floor is 16, I'm starting him every week, which also means that I'm going to start Tyler Lockett every week. And I, he's been a little boring, but he's been consistently boring. He always puts up a decent amount of points. You just wait for that splash spot, but that's not really what's going to happen in this offense. So you got to fire up Tyler Lockett as a wide receiver one floor, of course. I, I, I'm, he's my number two overall receiver this week. I'm are going you a, all in? Are you avoiding? Because he has such a high floor, and then in a good matchup. Sky's the limit. Are you avoiding Chris Carson this week? No. I have him a little lower than I usually do. I have him as my 12th overall running back. Usually he's a bit higher. But this is a guy who's seen no less than 20 rushes every single week since week three. This is his backfield. And although Tampa Bay is great against the run and has been a stout run defense, he could still find the end zone and he could still get involved in the passing game. So I'm still starting Chris Carson. I think the Seattle defense is a great matchup in this game because he almost guaranteed Winston throws two or th- two or three picks in this one. But let's go over to that side with Winston. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going to be borderline. They could both finish as a wide receiver one this year, like at the end of the year. Yeah. you got to start them every week, and this is a plus matchup. Yeah. I saw, I think it was Mike Beers who we had on this offseason, good guy, uh, mostly best ball if you're interested in that. I think he said that after Evans and Godwin, the most receptions – Winston has to a specific player this season is to another team. Wow. That's unreal. That's nuts. If you heard that before the season started, you'd be like, damn, OJ Howard got hurt again and missed the season, didn't he? Fucking fucking Buccaneers. And then they didn't even trade him. Speaking of of OJ Howard, both OJ Howard and Cameron Bray did not practice on Wednesday. They They called up former Jet great Jordan Leggett. From the practice squad. Wow. Jordan Leggett. I liked him out of college. Yeah, well, he is not going to be a fantasy option, so you got to like the wide receivers out there even more. Yeah, uh, fire them both. What about the backfield, man? It went from we don't know who's going to be good to no one's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I'm not shocked either. We just leave it at that. You don't want to start any of these guys. Yeah, don't start either of them. Obviously, at this point, Ronald Jones is the preferred start to Peyton Barber. Why is that obvious? Because he's the better player and he gets more work now. I mean, he outcarried Barber 11 to 10. Yeah, but this has been a, a little more work. Yeah. He, yeah, but he hasn't scored over seven fantasy points in the last three, four, All four right, weeks. All right, dude, I'm picking hairs here. I have him at 37 and 43. I'm not starting these guys. I mean, at least Peyton Barber. No, Peyton Barber's been just as bad. He hasn't found the end zone either. Yeah. Yeah. Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Oh, a little grodiness. What about Winston? Are you are you considering uh, streaming him this week? I have him as QB ten. Um, Jameis Winston is basically startable every week because of how often they're gonna need to throw and how bad of a defense they have. So yeah, I mean, this dude should throw for. A bunch of yards. Yeah, he'll throw two or three interceptions, but he'll also probably find that end zone two or three times. Let's move on to our next game. The Oakland Raiders take on the Detroit Lions at home. Really surprising is the Oakland Raiders have been one of the most efficient offenses in the league. 
And it just makes you think, imagine if Antonio Brown wasn't a complete psychopath, what this could have been. Man, last week you weren't here, Tim, when we got to the Oakland against Houston. I was like, oh, Derek Carr, actually. And Jason just completely shut me down. And he, I was like, you know what? You're right. Derek Carr sucks. And then Derek Carr put up 23 fantasy points. That's that could have been a nice win for me. But Jason just struck me down and made me feel like an idiot. Thanks. You know Jay. what? I said in the first episode that sometimes I say if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm just not going to go down that road. And Derek Carr is a road I'm never going to go down. So, um, Well, Darius Slay is angry because he but, was going to get traded. Uh, so is Derek Carr a play this week? I do have to say one thing about Derek Carr. It's absolutely hilarious how recency bias works in fantasy football because he had no games over 17 uh, fantasy points up until last week, and now his expert consensus ranking is QB 12. It's pretty hilarious that's, that's to me. Legitimately, hilarious. I mean, I think that I think that has to do with though a line secondary has been atrocious. I know uh, it but doesn't matter. It's still pretty hilarious. It's recency bias bias to the fullest. So you're not playing Derek Carr this week. I'm not playing Derek Carr this week, no. I mean, I have him at QB 17. What about his pass-catching options, though? Because Tyrell the Gazelle Williams stays catching these touchdowns. Darren Waller, you thought that it wouldn't get any better, but he's gotten even better as the year has gone on. He's been catching touchdowns. He's been involved in the red zone. So how do you feel about these two pass-catching options in, in Williams and Waller? Tyrell legit still has a touchdown in every game he's played. Yep. Yep, every single game. Until that streak ends, you were at it, baby. That's it's facts. Especially against Detroit, where Darius Slay is there. I'm not even sure if he's supposed to play this week. I, he he missed last week. PFF has him not playing this week. Yeah, and I I mean I have missed my wide receiver 18 this week. I'm super high on him. Detroit is not a good secondary with Darius Slay out. They're even worse. They traded Quandre Diggs, which put their team in a flux as well. Um, so I'm firing him up. I just have to say this about Darren Waller. Look, I have him as my tight end two this week. He's been a stud. Uh, excuse me, my tight end three. He's been a stud. But I seriously saw two people on Twitter today say that they're starting him over George Kittle. As if George Kittle isn't playing against Arizona and isn't also one of the weekly top tight end options. Just don't play him over George Kittle. I just got to put that out there this week. What about Hunter? Least. What about Hunter Renfro, who had a good game last week? Nah. I mean, he took a slant to the house. You can't expect that yeah. to happen every week. He's not even, like, fast, so. Yeah, I'm, yeah he's, I'm, had, he's had one week over five targets this year. Yeah, I'm just not interested. Four targets last week. Wow, a whole four targets? I mean, Sign he's had one week over five. He's not You're playable, just... but he is surprisingly involved in the offense as he's never had his, he's never donutted. So there's wow, that. he's never donutted. What are we <laughs> doing right now, Tim? <laughs> Josh Jacobs. He's Cole Beasley light. Josh Jacobs. You are just so disrespectful to Cole Beasley. <laughs> Josh Jacobs. What about him? Do I like him? <laughs> really? Like the De- Detroit is, has been giving up the third most points to running backs this season. Yeah. How many times this year have we seen, for some reason, I don't know. I guess I just don't like run, like running backs that aren't involved in the passing game, but it's like Marlon Mack. How many times have we seen Josh Jacobs this year ranked RB8 because he has a good matchup or something like that, and then he comes away with nine points? It's like, yeah, what did you expect? He actually put up exactly nine points last week. Exactly. I mean, but so, yeah. I don't know. His, his his ceiling is very high, and this defense is has given up 168 yards on the ground per game. He's not sharing the backfield with anyone else. I like me some Josh Jacobs this week. Yeah, me too. I have him as my RB9 this week, Jay. Sorry. Detroit's been absolutely atrocious. This should be a high-scoring game. Uh, Oakland has a good 
run defense, but they're atrocious against the pass as well. Detroit's yep. been bad against the run and pass. So this is two teams that are not super powerful. Well, Detroit's been a powerful offense so far this season. And like you said, Oakland's been um, very efficient. So I think it could be end up being a high-scoring game. And I like Josh Jacobs to really have a really solid game this week against Detroit. I don't know. You have him ahead of Tevin Coleman, and I just – I would never. Matt Stafford, on the other side, has been an absolute baller in fantasy. Uh, he has been a home run hitter, has two games that are duds, don't get me wrong, but the rest of the games have been on fire. Um, he scored over 23 points uh, and as much as 29 points in f- four games. So he's been out here really balling. Uh, he gets a Oakland secondary who's given up the mo- the second most points to quarterbacks this season. Um, the Raiders have allowed 35 completions or 20 plus of 20 plus plus yards to QBs. Uh, Stafford has 33 completions by himself this season. Um, what do you think? This is a Raiders offense that doesn't usually give up the big plays, and Stafford is a big play type of guy. I'm at the motel hotel. Holiday Inn. Sorry. I'm not talking about Galladay yet. I know. I just had to do it, though. No, no, no. I'm going to get to him. Fire them all up. Matt Stafford, fourth in true throw value. Now he's facing the Raiders. Oh, yeah. Chris uh, Galladay. Michael's getting me confused with his songs. Ninth ranked player in true target value. Uh, Marvin Jones. Tim, you're really distracting. Why you got to do that so close to the mic, man? It's it's really close to the mic. I I, I went away. Like it <laughs> we hear you blowing your nose. Oh, you do? <laughs> yes. My bad, guys. Yeah. My bad. My apologies to everyone. I'm a Tim human. apparently gets sick <laughs> as soon as we walk into I'm the I'm allergic studio. to dust, and we never dust this place, bro. It's probably yeah, mad dusty. Anyway, Kenny Alday, ninth in true target value. Marvin Jones, 18th. And you know when a, tight, a, water, a quarterback is killing it? Because Danny Amendola, 24th. Wow. wow. And he's been hot <laughs> recently. He's been hot recently, man. 11 yes. targets, 8 targets. He's performed well. I like all three of those guys this week. I'm very cool with Danny Amendola in your starting lineup. I'm starting Danny Amendola. He's actually my wide receiver, 33. Tim, you did say, I think you got, I think you said it by mistake, or I heard mistakenly heard you. You said Oakland's good at stopping deep passes. They're actually terrible at stopping deep passes. Um, They're third in the league in 40-plus yard passes, which is the forte of Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. So, yeah, I'm firing up. Marvin Jones, his floor is just so much lower than, like, Kenny Galladay. Like, Kenny Galladay, his ceiling is higher and his floor is higher than Marvin Jones. So Marvin Jones is tougher to trust. But he still should be a solid uh, wide receiver two, wide receiver three option this week against Oakland. What about this backfield, man? What are we to make of this backfield? I think that's another reason why the three players are viable because we don't know what the hell's going on in this backfield. Is it Trey Carson? Is it Jake C. McKissick? Is it Ty Johnson? Jason, you're one of those people who dumped your fab on Ty Johnson. Um, how are you feeling? Are you feeling squadoodled? Yeah. What would what did SpongeBob say? Scarfle flop? Scarfarfle. Furful funkled or something, yeah. I mean, I still think of the three I'd rather have Ty Johnson. I know like Carson started, but Johnson ended up he was the most productive. He ended up with eight touches. I mean, I know it's not what you want to see, snaps. but the most snaps. So Johnson's still the guy I trust the most as a flex play. Uh McKissick, I'm I'm not gonna touch. Uh and I don't know. I'm just not buying into Trey Carson, man. I'll, it's just not a good option. Any of just them. hold for this week. One more week. Just hold these guys on your bench and see if one of them um, beats out the other one more so this week to establish 
a real a real role in that offense because if it's going to continue to be a two and a half headed backfield because McKissick was whatever, um, it's not going to be fun for fantasy purposes. Shout out to Jason Moore, the fantasy footballers, uh, for this nickname. TJ Dropinson. Are you looking at him who's dropped like five touchdowns this year? TJ, I'm not going to lie. If me or Michael said that, Tim, you'd be like, oh, that was awful, man. No, I, no, I wouldn't. That's a that's, a, that's exactly that is sound an, too. That's that crazy. is an excellent. That's pun. crazy. That's an excellent pun. That's crazy. Yo, Look. it's crazy that you learned how to talk English so fast when considering you're two years old. Man, for uh, those that don't know, Tim his shaved his face and he looks like a baby. Yeah, well, let Michael do the jokes, Jason. You just do the fantasy stuff. Michael do the jokes. Um, let's, let's move on. Shut your face. Wait, T.J. Hawkinson, bro. <laughs> Go on. About T.J. Hawkinson, he's just perennially perennially ranked each week. In the top 12 for some reason. Since week one, he has not topped 32 receiving yards or four receptions. That only happened once half those games. He has one reception. I know the matchup is great against Oakland, but I I just don't see how you could start a guy unless you're really struggling. I have my tight end 15. I could really start a guy like TJ Hawkinson this week when the floor, his ceiling besides one game, this game where he scored a touchdown and went three for 27 against KC is three points. Three points was his... Top score in five weeks. Yeah. Yes. Not good. Um, let's go over to our next game. Cleveland at Denver. Denver making the switch over. Joe That's Flacco true. has a herniated disc, so Brandon Allen takes over. Um, yeah. um what does that do for the guys like Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, and this so is on? All, this is all absolutely disgusting, and it's going to be a nightmare. You think for the even uh, with Joe Flacco, his true target value is fifty-one. So wow. he's really overperforming. He's just been a very good player on the field, and like, can he do that with Allen? Maybe uh, he obviously picked up Joe Flacco, but this I don't think is going to end well at all. Yeah, I got Corlin Sutton at thirty-two, way down from expert consensus rankings. I don't know how you could trust this guy with Brandon Allen throwing to him. I mean, with Joe Flacco, like Jason said, he's been solid, but the last three weeks, 10, 12, and 9 half PPR points. He only has a touchdown in two of three games. Uh, only three games did he has he had more than 12 half PPR fantasy points. I feel kind of icky even. My, uh, can I take back my L on Cortland Sutton that I admitted after like week four? Cause no. I mean, you kind of can. Know. We'll see. We'll you see how it goes with Brandon Allen. I, I just feel kind of icky even putting him as a wide receiver three. And Deshaun Hamilton, no. Like I don't know why Jason was one of those guys. I like Deshaun Hamilton. I thought that was dumb. You're dumb, Jason. <laughs> um, How about this? Brandon I, Allen, guys, in his career in the preseason, no touchdowns, three picks. Uh, he was a six-round pick, former quarterback of the Arizona Ra- uh, Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, uh, uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be something else because remember Drew Locke started the season as the backup quarterback. He got hurt, so Brandon Allen really meant to be the third string quarterback. So this is a third stringer playing, and he has the credentials of a third stringer. Hopefully, he's not as bad as Luke Falk. What does this do for the running game, though? Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman doesn't help. Mike, people might think Michael says this a lot. People might think that they're gonna run more. Listen, a quarterback downgrade doesn't help anyone. Especially when these guys are in a straight-up timeshare. Like, it's just straight timeshare at this point. Royce Freeman has a touchdown in the last two games. 
like I get that they're gonna get 15 rushes each, but when you have no threat at all, like at least Flacco could throw the ball to Sutton. This could be ugly as well. Uh, Lindsey and Freeman might blur away into oblivion. Blur it, away into oblivion might be a little much, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it's def. I I agree. It's just I have them at twenty two and twenty six this week. Hope I'm hoping I'm wrong and they perform better, but it's a decent matchup against Cleveland. We'll see how this offense works through Brandon Allen. The Browns, on the other hand, do not have a third string quarterback, but they got a first string quarterback that's been playing sort of like a third string quarterback, Baker Burn. Mayfield, who. Had a little pissy fit um, before, but if there's a get-right game, this is the get-right game to be at. They're gonna get more possessions because of the rookie quarterback. Uh, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to throw in a very good defense. Chris Harris is going to be shadowing Odell Beckham for the most part, so I don't know how you feel about that matchup. But everyone else, um, Jarvis Landry, maybe even Callaway, this could be a game for them. I uh, think it's more of a Chubb game, honestly. Yeah, I'm I don't Jason think it's entirely. Be very close. Baker Mayfield's been pretty bad. Their offensive line hasn't been very helpful. We saw last week that the Browns looked the best when they were feeding Chubb, even though he lost that crucial fumble against the Patriots. Mayfield's 29th in true throw value. As I said earlier, Odell Beckham Jr. is, what, like 40 or something like that? First, I think you said. 39. And now he's going to have Chris Harris covering him. It seems like a good matchup with all these guys, but I I find this to be an ugly game. I think it's going to be Nick Chubb, and that's about it. Yeah, Denver has been one of the best defenses against the QB um, in recent weeks. Same goes for the wide receivers, especially the number one of Chris Harris on him. So, yeah, I have Baker Mayfield as my 22nd receiver. I have OBJ uh, as a wide receiver two this week, and Jarvis Landry as a low-end wide receiver three. All right, so let's talk about Nick Chubb then. If you can run on the Patriots, you can run on anyone, and he absolutely did. He lost a couple of fumbles that made it look like a worse game than it was, but he put up over 100 yards on the ground, and he was slashing the Patriots like with ease on the, on even the fumble runs it wasn't like he was in a crowd of guys and he dropped it he was on breakaways yeah the Denver Broncos run defense has stepped it up a bit since that Leonard Fournette demolish game uh week 3 or so but they're still just average against the run and Nick Chubb just continues to be a stud back to back weeks uh 3 4 of 5 weeks with at least 20 rushes this this team is clearly trying to establish the run and work through Nick Chubb while Baker Mayfield struggles and they try to get their offense right. So, yeah, sign me up for Nick Chubb against Denver. I have him as my seventh running back. Since this is fun, I'm going to just throw it out real quick. Uh, Nick Chubb has been a little bit involved in the passing game, not as much as you'd like, but he's been decently involved and just Mayfield has struggled a little bit. His true target value is online with in between Taylor Gabriel and Dante Pettis. Yeah. Um, let's, anyone else you want to talk about? Three points. <laughs> Anyone you want to talk about in this game? Uh, no, that's it. All right, let's move right. on to the Green Bay Packers at the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's start on the Chargers side. Melvin Gordon finally gets into the end zone last week, but still didn't look great. 31 yards on eight carries, uh, two catches for three yards on three targets. On the other hand, Austin Eckler continues to look like the superior back in every single way besides like height and weight. Um, three rush attempts for three yards. Fine, but he also had two receptions, 19 yards, and a touchdown that saved his day. Um, if he's getting work like that, three rushes, two receptions, then Austin Eckler is going to start falling off the map uh, of this of this fantasy radar. Yeah, that's not going to keep happening, in my opinion. It's not. And it's he's not. never going to fall off the fantasy map because he's so damn effective when he does get the ball. I mean, he did score the touchdown last week. Ken Wisenhunt was just fired. My hopes and dreams as a 
universal Austin Eckler uh, owner in fantasy is that he the new OC realizes that, guess what? Austin Eckler is a better running back. We need to win games. Let's use Austin Eckler more. I'm buying into Austin Eckler still. I It's a good game against Green Bay here. I have my RB15. If he has another game where he's not super involved, I'll start moving him down my ranks. But for now, I'm still keeping him as a mid-range RB2. And Melgo, I have as my RB20, who seems to be touchdown dependent at this point. Jason, do you agree? Uh, I I prefer Eckler still. Uh, I know that he only had five touches last week, but I'm I'm on the board with Michael. I mean, their offense has looked awful since Mel got back. They just fired their offensive coordinator. Eckler has been the best player on the field. The only thing that I'm a little scared of with Wizenhut gone, I'm I'm hoping that Eckler still uses a receiver as much as he is. Because even though he didn't get as many looks last week, he's still lining up as receiver. Um, let's take let's talk about Keenan Allen on the outside. Um, is it now guaranteed that Keenan Allen is not going to get you at least ten points? Like he hasn't scored ten points in the last four, five weeks. He's been very it's, mediocre. Talk about a drought. It's crazy, man. Five, it's seven, four, four, eight, nine. And this is on the heels of a thirty-eight point performance. He's seeing the targets. That's pretty nice. Like, I don't get it. He's 12th in true target value. This this shouldn't be happening. It's crazy. Philip Rivers hasn't been that bad. I have Keenan Allen right now ranked as 20th as my 20th receiver. Actually, Philip Rivers is 21st in true throw value, so maybe he has been that bad. Interesting. I um I I don't remember the last time I ranked Keenan Allen 20th, and that might like you said that might even be respecting him you, too much. Be generous at this point. Yeah. So. I'm hoping for a bounce-back game against Green Bay. Against Green Bay is not a good spot to bounce back when you have to go up against Jair Alexander, who's been great. So we'll see. Let's see how they change the firing of Ken Wisenhunt. Maybe it fires everyone up. Maybe gets Keenan Allen more looks again, but it has really been atrocious for Keenan Allen. Let's not let's not forget that Russell Okung, left, left tackle, returned last week, and you saw the difference in the offense there. Let's see if that's going to make a difference again in the likes of, of these guys. Mike Williams and Hunter Henry are also pass-catching options in this game. How do you feel about them? Mike Williams, Mike Williams, Mike Williams. How many times does he have to be ridiculously mediocre for people to stop ranking him as, like, a top 25 option? True. His expert consensus ranking is 25. Are you kidding me? I have him at 40, and that might even be pushing it, too. This dude has not surpassed 10 half PPR fantasy points this year. He's the worst version of Allen Robinson, and Allen Robinson is just a way better receiver in general. He's just stuck with Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback. Shut your fucking mouth. The only saving grace here for Mike Williams would be that if Jair Alexander shadows Keenan Allen, maybe Mike Williams could get open on Kevin King or find the end zone. But I uh, would much rather roll with Hunter Henry, who has been a huge part of the offense since his return. Uh, he's he's a mismatch in the middle of the field. Green Bay has been decent against um, tight ends. They it, they haven't been great. They haven't been awful. But four for 47 last week for Henry, so a little bit of a down game of, after those two r- super solid games since his return. I like him. He's my tight end, uh, tight end four this week. Uh, I don't think that Michael said anything wrong there. Uh, I'm tired of Mike Williams. Uh, I just don't understand. He's 38th in true target value. 
he's he's a flex play, man. Uh, uh, until further notice, and we've been waiting for this notice for a while now. Yeah. Uh, what about Philip Rivers? Is he a streaming option this week? I suppose. Uh, he's always not someone I like to start. He's a high-end quarterback, too, on his best days. So I'd rather take upside shot Sam Darnold. Yeah, I have my QB 15. I'd rather take upside shot on Sam Darnold as well. Uh, let's go over to the... Let's go Green over Bay Packers to the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers has been on an absolute tear. Are you guys off your Aaron Rodgers is only a low end QB one? He's back. He's back. Oh, Michael has said it. He's back. <laughs> oh, each night. We'll see. We'll see. But it sure looks like he's back. He's having another career year out of nowhere. This dude, ever since Devonte Adams went down. He's just been working the offense as a unit, throwing to whoever's open, and maybe he needed to remember that he's Aaron Rodgers and it doesn't matter who's on the field with him. He's still that dominant because he's been an absolute monster. I have him as my QB5. He's going to move up to QB4 if Patrick Mahomes is ruled out. I got Mahomes at number three right now, but it's not looking like he's going to play. Yeah, him and the pass catchers, if Devontae Adams returns, I have Devontae Adams as my wide receiver five, another guy who I could just delete. If he doesn't play, but if he's back, I'm just putting him right in there right away. But the other pass catchers are the ones that are more interesting. I don't see how you could trust MVS or Geronimo Allison at this point. They're basically useless, and they need a long touchdown to be viable. But Alan Lazard I have as a solid flex option against LA because if Devontae Adams does return and draws Casey Hayward, it could open some up for Alan Lazard, even if he doesn't. Even if Adams doesn't return, Alan Lazard has been playing the most snaps of all the wide receivers. So the ceiling hasn't really been there, but 3 for 42, 5 for 42, those games aren't going to kill you. They're not great, but it's someone to take an upside shot on in your flex if you're struggling. Aaron Jones has a true target value in between MVS and John Allison. That's pretty funny. Which is a little funny. I expected to be higher. MVS is 50, Allison is 65, Jimmy Graham is 12th. It's just a spread the ball offense right now. Uh... I mean, it's good for Aaron Rodgers. It's great for Aaron Jones. The receivers, I'm not really feeling though. Uh, speaking in the in the of the backfield, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams have both been playable fantasy te- uh, players during this stretch of Devontae Adams being out, and I don't see that changing in this game. Do you guys? No, they've been they've been on the field together a lot. A lot. Like, even when Aaron Jones is still getting a lot of touches. Jamal Williams got 10 touches last week, seven the week before that. But they've been on the field a decent amount together, and it's an interesting thing to see. Uh, the floor is getting a little creative. I like it. They got to do something to get offense, and it's been working. You, you, uh, you, you Jamal, do Jamal Williams owners and Aaron Jones owners want to get a boner right now? Ready for this? The Chargers shoot. are uh, 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 31st in DVOA against the run, the pass catching running back out of the backfield. Oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Jamal Williams, dude. If you look what he's done, uh, Philly and Dallas, those games don't count because he got hurt. So his last since week two, 10, 9, 20, 9, 16. Jason obviously didn't listen to the review show. <laughs> what been there, done that? <laughs> my bad, my bad. I got Jamal Williams 27th, so a super solid flex play. At this point, I don't know how you could say he's not. He's like a mermaid out there. But look, as long as he's producing, you might as well ride the wave. And it does not look like 
the Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams show is going to slow down this week against L.A. I got Aaron Jones as my running back five. All right, so our next game, the Baltimore Ravens. Jimmy Graham is a solid oh, low end tight end one. Jimmy Throw that Graham. in there, too. Jimmy you, Graham you know what you're getting is. from Jimmy Graham at this point. You cannot expect a high ceiling at all. Maybe a low floor, but hope that he could find the end zone. Fact that he fact facts. Let's go on to our next game, the Sunday night game, the New England Patriots at the Baltimore Ravens. This is a lot of experts' favorites to be the AFC Championship game this this year. This is a Sunday night game? This is the Sunday it's a night solid game. Sunday night game. Um, not football. Let's go. Let's go over to the to the Ravens offense because we know that New England has had an had the propensity and has been successful at taking away teams' strengths. With that being said, they'll probably make Lamar Jackson beat them through the air. If that's the case, do you think Lamar Jackson can beat them through the air? Bench them all. Bench them all? No, I'm joking. I mean, Lamar Jackson, you should start. I'm starting top. So how about this? Asking for a friend, uh, cousins, relatives, pets, owners, dogs, uh, sisters, cousins, brother. He has a question of Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson. Lamar. Lamar. Hmm. He's leaning Tom. He's leaning Tom. I'm not starting any pass catchers. And I also think this is not an ideal week for Mark Ingram. Look, who even Mark has Andrews has not been great since week three. Even Mark Andrews. Uh, I mean, I don't count Andrews in that because he's a tight end, so it doesn't matter what the matchup is. That's that's fair. But look, Lamar Jackson. We're talking about a guy who could go nine for twenty with 143 passing yards and a touchdown. You're thinking, oh shit, that's terrible. And then you realize he also ran for 116 yards on 14 rushes and got you 23 fantasy points and ended as a top five option. But don't you think that New England's going to put like two spies on him and just make them make him beat them through the air? Sure, but we're also talking about a guy who's seen at least 14 rushes each of the last three weeks, 70, 152, and 116 yards on the ground. If they're drawing up plays for him to run, he's basically the running back and the quarterback, as we've seen. That's when they're most effective. So This could uh, be a game where LJ ends with like five points, honestly. I mean, I hope not. I just got him in a deal, so we'll see. Um, I I have him as my QB seven. I'm not super down on him this week, but obviously the ceiling might be is likely limited against New England. I mean, you you got him to start him. He's an every week start. His rushing game gives him a solid floor. So but yeah, Mark Ingram. I have more as a mid range RB two this week. He has been not so great since those big two. Uh, big two weeks of, in the first three games. He's been very mediocre since then, and this is not a good matchup against New England, but it's more of a volume-based play and hope he finds the end zone. Um, All right. Any Anyone else you want to talk about in this game? I think we talked about everybody all, kind of all at the same time. If Hollywood Brown does return, he'd be interesting, but no. as just as a flex option because he could... Similar to a Golden Tate who went 100 and a touchdown on a long touchdown, I could see Marquise Brown breaking one. On the Patriots yeah. side, Tom Brady's number one target will again be Julian Edelman because Julian Edelman, uh, they this is a good matchup in the against a slot corner, Brandon Carr, who has been their weakest corner, and he's been the number one target. I think Julian Edelman is the pass catcher you have the most confidence in. We'll say, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they shadow him with Marlon Humphrey. That's what... They did to Tyler Boyd, even though Tyler Boyd runs a lot out of the that's slot. That's true. That's true. So we'll see how that goes. But now Mo Sanu is there too. So 
I mean, but it's still Julian Edelman. He's still Tom Brady's number one target and all that. I, I like him this week against Baltimore, who actually has not been uh, very good overall fantasy-wise against wide receivers other than whoever Marlon Humphrey's guarding. So I got Julian Edelman as my wide receiver nine. Mosinu is still more of a flex play until he proves that he has a a bigger role in that offense. I don't really want to trust him. I'm not touching anyone else. Yo, I got to do this real quick because I just saw this, and it's pretty funny because kind of perfect. Guess which wide receiver has the same true target value as James White? Mohamed Think about Sanu. it. It's pretty perfect. Cole Beasley. No, 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 no. Oh, that would have been amazing. Philip Dorsett? Mr. Wide Receiver 28, Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> it is pretty Think perfect. about it. Basically the same shit, right? Yeah, that's Five true. catches, 60 yards. It's pretty funny. On the topic of James White, it's also pretty funny because according to his true target value, we should expect 8.3 standard points or 11.62 PPR points per game. And then if you add the rushing stats, which is basically like 30 rushing yards, that's about like 11 points in standard, like 13, 14 points in PPR. It's basically what he's doing every week. So even true values uh, just straight up runs with that. The the consistency machine. What about Philip Dorsett? You, don't, you really don't think Philip Dorsett is a option here? Dorsett uh, kind of seemed like Mohamed Sanu faltered him a little bit. Uh, last week. We'll see how that goes this week. I don't really want to trust him. He went three for 43 last week. He hasn't really had a big game since that week one and week three. Um, he did score a touchdown against the Jets too, but his his ceiling seems to be limited in this offense that likes to spread the ball around. So I'm not super excited about Philip Dorsett. I will say this, man. I think Tom Brady's in for a big game. I think Tom Brady's been itching for a challenge and this is his first one. You itching guys for think a that's challenge. Tony Michelle? Is is ripe for a game? I think I that, think so. like you said, Jason, if you put Tevin Coleman on that top five list of guys who could fall into the end zone every week, I think, I think Sony Michelle has to be number two or three on the list. I think nah, it's Derrick Henry, and then it's Sony Michelle. Yeah, I don't think so. He only has a touchdown in half the games this year. You know, he has three touchdowns in one game. Yeah. Half's not a bad number either. Right. I mean, look, and we're talking about a guy who, as ugly as he might look on the field, that's right, I'm just going to shit on Sonny Michelle as often as I can, um, he can fall into the end zone at any given play at any given time when it comes to New England. So you have to use him as a RB2 or flex play, especially in decent matchups, and Baltimore is a decent matchup. All right. Anyone else you want to talk about in this game? I say nay. Let's wrap it up with the Cowboys at the New York Giants in a slobbernacker. You guys want to hear something funny real quick? Sony Michelle's um, twin, I'll call it, in true target value is Trent Sherfield. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't get targets similarly to Trent Sherfield. Right. Um, so, with that <laughs> being said... Um, Jason's all aboard the true value train today. Daniel Jones had a pretty good game last week, but Anytime. Dallas is a good uh, uh, defense. I mean, yeah, is a good defense. Sterling Shepard supposed to come back, and then you got Tate, you got Slayton, you got Latimer. Let's talk about these wide receivers. Are you trusting them against Dallas? No. It's, yeah, it's tough. Uh, Golden Tate, I am. Slayton, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna trust that he's gonna find the end zone again on limited targets from the quarterback who's twenty first or twenty third in true throw value. So I'm not going to take that gamble on Slayton, but Golden Tate's been peppered so much with targets. I'm going to keep firing him up. 
Yeah, Golden Tate's the exception here. He uh, at least 80 yards in each of the last three games, which you love to see. The, the thing is with Sterling Shepard, I don't have him ranked yet because we they haven't announced yet if he's going to return. He's missed so much time that it's hard to trust him as a top 36 option if he does return. But if you put him in the flex, I wouldn't hate it. Darius Slayton had those two big touchdown catches last week, but those were his only two catches. If Sterling Shepard's back, he's not even an option at all. If he doesn't return, then Slayton could be an interesting flex play, but the floor is super low since he did only catch two cat, uh, two receptions last week, and he looked like he was in a smash spot a couple weeks ago, and he let owners down, so he's tough to trust. Uh, Evan Ingram in the tight end spot last week had a good game because he scored that touchdown, but at this point he's a boomer bust tight end dependent tight end one. Uh, sorry, touchdown dependent tight end one. Sure. I mean, he's still a high-end tight end one. I, so we went over this, Jason, on, on an episode you weren't on, and you got to, you know, you're a special guest, I know, but if I got to re, if I gotta reiterate all the time for you, dog, um, he's not seeing the targets with Daniel Jones. Ever since Daniel Jones came back, this is his best game so far with Daniel Jones, and it's 40 yards and a touchdown. So, yeah, I was about to disagree with you. So don't assume that I don't listen to you guys when I'm not <laughs> on because I do. And his targets <laughs> since week – Two are eight, eight, seven, eleven, five, and seven. So I don't know what you're talking about. What about, about the one rece- game below seven? What are the receptions? That's the problem. The problems are the receptions. There's one game below four. Yeah, and what are the, and what's the output? Seven points. Yeah, there's been some struggles. He's still the fifth tight end in true target value, and he's still a top tight end. So I mean, you got to play him if you have him. I'm just saying, just adjust expectations. With I have my tight end five this week. Dallas is also a decent option. Excuse me, a decent uh, matchup. Saquon Barkley is easily a top five running back. Yeah, Saquon came back and looked like real Saquon last week. Yes, he did. So that was awesome to see for Saquon owners and just fans of the sport of NFL football. And, I mean, this is the first time Daniel Jones had a legitimate Saquon Barkley, really. Um and he had a wonderful game, so I'm gonna. I'm curious to see if having a real Saquon really helps elevate Daniel Jones's game. On the other side, helping elevate the games of quarterbacks and wide receivers is this New York defense. Nice transition there. Yeah. The last game, Timmy ending it with a bang. Yeah, they add Leonard Williams, but that's not going to do anything to rush the quarterback. We could tell you that for firsthand. Anything. It's not going to do anything for anything. Um. <laughs> So I like myself some Amari Cooper. I like myself some Michael Gallup. I like myself some Dak Prescott. All aboard, Tim. I agree with you. <laughs> I got Dak Prescott as my QB uh, three this week. QB four, but again, I'm probably going to take out Patrick Mahomes. So he'll, he'll move up to three. Great matchup against New York. I got Cooper at four and Gallup at 18. So I'm firing all them up against the Giants. It's been just an awful, awful defense. Really bad. Every week, week in, week out, you just start everyone against the Giants, and it almost always works. And this is an offense coming off a bye, correct? Last week, I'm pretty sure they had a bye. Or am I bugging out? No, they had a bye, man. Yeah, they had a bye last week, so they're coming off a bye as well. Going to New York. Imagine extra time to prepare for the Giants defense. Like, this could be a big game. And a Monday night, so even more extra time. Yeah, geez louise. I would just like to say, although it seems like Mark Cooper's been having a resurgent year, he's still inconsistent. Not not as much as he used to be. Like, the inconsistencies aren't as terrible. 
And it's, it's a, a lot, little inconsistent. It's a lot easier to deal with the inconsistencies when he's putting up scores like 40 and 23. No, yeah, and the inconsistencies aren't as low as they used to right, be. Right, but, I mean, he still has a floor of .08. Like he had, well, he was injured that game, so. But you're still firing him up, so. Right. Um, What about Jason Witten, who he's like the James White of tight ends. Four catches, and I'm sorry, four targets in every game except one where he had seven targets. I mean, you can't make that shit up. That's yeah, funny. Uh, true target value, he's 11th. So right in there in the conversation of back-end tight end one. Who knew James White, Cole Beasley, and Jason Witten would have something in common? And who knew we'd be talking about any Gotta of those love fantasy football, huh? By week nine. Gotta love it. Um, And then, obviously, Ezekiel Elliott's. He's Ezekiel Elliott. He's a real boy. He's also in line for a tremendous game. Yeah, the Giants so. are 26 in DVOA against the pass. He has the not been utilized as much in the passing game as you'd like, but he's been getting more and more involved recently. But last week, the yeah, the last two weeks, after, yeah, to your point, one reception, two reception, two receptions. The first three weeks was not good. But then six, two, five, and six. He's guess been... Who his, guess who his uh, true throw value twin is? My God, with the true throw value true twins. throw value twin. This is fun. <sighs> it's Alvin been a Kamara. little disappointing, man. No, Alvin Kamara's top notch. I assume. No, I'm talking um, about wide receiver. I, um, I don't think it's great. I'm Tyler say, Boyd. Tyler Boyd was someone else considering saying. I'm gonna say uh, Deontay Johnson. Devontae Parker. <laughs> Either way, I expect a big one out of this because, like Michael said, they've been losing more and more of him as the year goes on. And I think that's just gonna continue. Um. But, yeah, that's it for our, our fantasy previews of every single fantasy viable player. We're going to go now to the Thrive 5. Jason is going to give us his favorite five props of the weekend, and me and Michael are going to weigh in on what he thinks. Ooh, ooh. So I'm going to switch it up this time. I'm going to do three money makers. Ooh. Three that we think are going to smash no matter what. Ooh. And then two uh, risque. Tough ones. Try to go for the risk, yeah. Uh, one of the money makers, I think. 285 and a half total yards for Russell Wilson at home against Tampa Bay. You think, over 90 points, under 110 points. You think it's a smash pop, and then you realize that it's tough to trust Russell Wilson to go over in yards. But yeah, I'm I'm betting the over on this one because, as I said, the difference between Atlanta and Tampa Bay is that Tampa Bay has a stout run defense. Uh, that's exactly why I'm going with over because of what Michael said. Uh, Aaron Jones. Over under 63 and a half rush yards. Rush yards. Oof. He might be really involved in the pass game in this one. Over is 90. Under is 110. It's a little enticing. That is enticing. To go under. It's not total yards, just rush yards. Just rushing yards. He hasn't really passed 63 and a half, really. Yeah, he's yeah. been more involved in the passing game. And it's favored to be over. I think the under is a good play here. Yeah, this is one where you could uh, take the chance and get the extra points. Take the chance. Make it happen. Pop, Pop the cork. Finger snapping. Snappin'. All right, let's see how you guys feel about this one. Even odds, 100 to 100. Lamar Jackson, total yards at home against New England, 270 and a half. 270 is a lot. Remind me, remind me what you said I'd probably go under. Even odds, 270 and a half, total yards, Lamar Jackson. Under. All right. Pat, uh, last two. Let's go for What's, some smash. Is there spots. an over under for Tom Brady on yards on on throwing yards? Tom Brady has completions. Twenty one and a half. Twenty one and a half. I don't like betting on completions. Smash the over on that. Smash it's it. Eighty points. So it is a heavy favorite. Yeah, it's a heavy favorite. All, All right. So, so then, last one because this is a heavy favorite versus. No, no. Give us two. The Tom Brady one. Don't even worry about. All right. This one's the most interesting. Of That's the a day, free I one. Think. 
Over is only 70 points. Under is 130. So it's like two bets in one. Wowzers. Ryan Fitzpatrick, half an interception. Hmm. So they're saying under one interception. If you throw an interception, you get 130 points. I mean, there's a chance Fitzpatrick, like, loses two fumbles on strip sacks and gets taken out and right. they win. Right. <laughs> Who did I think they- I'd put that in there just Against the it, Jets, right? right? The Jets' defense is also not very good. I mean, they're good. Yeah. They're just not turnover machines. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're in a flux machine. right now, though. I'll tell you what. I would not bet the over, but if I was going to bet the uh, – if I was going to bet this, I would only bet the under. I like the under, man. I, I like it. All right, last one for a nice little chunk of change. Over is 120 points. Under is 80. So, nice difference there. Travis Kelsey, half a touchdown over. against Minnesota at home. Over. With Matt Moore. Give me the over. I don't like betting on touchdowns either. Me neither, but I give me the over on that. I'm gonna right. getting 120 Could points for a touchdown. One more then if you guys don't like touchdowns. It's a thrive five, not the thrive eight. Through the mall, huh? Yeah. <laughs> one more, one more. Quick, quick, quick. Giving him a whole Juju, lineup. Juju, four and a half receptions. Over. Who? Over. Juju. Juju, four and a half receptions. Over. over. Under is 115. Let's go over. All right. All right. We're good. We're good. All right, we're guys. Good, that's it for us. Please go to BrotoFantasy.com for everything Broto Fantasy. We just did the Thrive 5. That's from ThriveFantasy.com. Check the first couple minutes if you want to hear more about that. Use the promo code Broto to get a free $10 of your first deposit of $10 or more. We're going to go watch the World Series and have some fun. With that being said, for at Mike underscore Patrop and at Jason Patrop, I am at Tim Patrop. That's right. I just referred to us as our ats. Yeah, I don't think you've ever done that. Hashtag 21st century. Peace. Later.